Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I am interviewing the amazing Arizona Bell and Morgan Garza of Spirit Guides Magazine, and we're going to be chatting all about intuition and spiritual community. But before we get started, I want to answer one of our listener questions for our Ask Me Anything segment. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. I always look forward to getting these. And if you do that, you'll have the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. So today's question comes from an anonymous question asker, and they ask, how do I develop better intuition? Many times I don't feel that I have any intuition. So this is kind of a big loaded question, right? Because there can be so, so many reasons for why we don't feel intuitive. Sometimes we totally are intuitive. We really just have a problem trusting that. But other times something has happened in our lives where we've really shut that part of ourselves down. So let's look at kind of both of these circumstances. So the easier of the two probably to develop and get back on track with is if you just have a hard time trusting your intuition. So if this is you, it might look like you have that feeling that you should really call someone, that they really might need someone to reach out to them. And the very next day, before you even get a chance to call, they call you. It might be someone you haven't talked to in a long, long time. Or you have a dream about someone, and then they kind of pop up in your life. Or sometimes you might even dream about a specific event. I've even had a few of my students say that they've dreamt about very, very specific crystals. And within a matter of weeks or months, they actually find that exact crystal that they dreamt of, like the exact same one. So this is all really interesting, but sometimes we just chalk this up to coincidence or we think, oh, well, but I'm not very intuitive. I'm not an intuitive person. That can't possibly be my intuition or it can't possibly be true. And we don't trust ourselves. How many times have you had a moment in your life where you had an intuitive hit or an intuitive insight come through and you second guessed yourself only later to realize that you should have trusted your gut. This is something that happens to a lot of us, so don't get hung up on feelings of regret or frustration if you find yourself in this situation. Then there's kind of the flip side of this, which is when we really aren't intuitive. But this doesn't mean that we don't have the gift. It usually just means that we've shut it down for some reason. So often this stems back to childhood where people are taught that they're not intuitive or that that's just their imagination or that it's strange or weird to be having these thoughts or feelings or seeing things or hearing things. And the good news about this is that we can work through this. But again, it kind of boils down to trust. We have to learn to trust ourselves, trust our experiences, and not let others influence the way that we connect with our intuitive selves and our inner guidance. 
So I really recommend to develop better intuition to start a little journal. So actually track down any time you think that you're having an intuitive thought or insight and then leave some space to write what kind of came of that thought. Was it spot on and you really tapped into something that ended up manifesting in your life in some way or did it not really present itself? And then for those, you have to just kind of examine where they're coming from and were they really coming from your intuitive self or were they coming from your ego mind, your conscious mind, or are they just kind of idle chatter that happens? So this really helps you start to identify your intuitive thoughts versus just those random thoughts that float around in your head. And when you can concretely see the number of times that your intuition is leading you in the right direction, it really helps you start to trust your intuition more. Now you can also work with crystals, of course, to help you support your intuition. Stones like amethyst, lapis lazuli, azurite, and charoite are all amazing for helping support your intuitive development. So now it's time for our main segment, and I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Again, here I'm speaking with Arizona Bell and Morgan Garza from Spirit Guides Magazine, all about intuition, so this kind of ties in perfectly, and spiritual community. And this is really an interview about the importance of finding a supportive, like-minded community of people to share your spiritual journey with. And Arizona and Morgan kind of both talk about their personal experience and really needing and craving this in their lives and how they ended up creating their own spiritual community. So whether this is something that gets you really excited and you want to join them in their little tight-knit circle, or this inspires you to create a spiritual community and support group of your own, I think you'll get a lot out of this interview. So without further ado, here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm Ashley Levy, and I am super excited today because I'm here with Arizona Bell and Morgan Garza of the Spirit Guides magazine, and I love, love, love this site. You guys, if you don't know Arizona and Morgan, I invite you to be charmed and endeared by their amazing Instagram, their amazing website. So welcome to both of you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ashley, for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're super excited. Could you start by maybe, and I know it's hard when there's three of us, but could you start by maybe just diving in and telling us a little bit about your background and yourselves and how you got started working together and the beautiful kind of thing that you dreamed up together and created? <laughs> All right. Morgan's pointing to me. This is Arizona Bell, so I will take it away. Um, wow. So Morgan and I have known each other since like middle school. Um, we weren't in the same grade though, and we graduated high school and went our separate ways. We weren't close in middle school, but we knew each other then. I was actually friends with her sister. Uh, fast forward many years after high school in our late 20s, and we noticed each other from social media doing very similar things and, you know, into all of the spiritual things and traveling and the free spirit lifestyle. So we reconnected together that way. Um, and how we, how we came to do Spirit Guides Magazine and everything that has followed since was basically I had the idea, just the name popped in my head, Spirit Guides Magazine, New Maps for Old Souls. And as we just talked about briefly before we got on, I have a lot of ideas, like that's what happens in my brain. So I just, I didn't think anything of it, but some ideas 
aren't meant for us and some are. And that one just wouldn't go away. So for literally five years before Morgan and I got together and did this project, it was just in my brain floating around. Spirit Guides magazines, new maps for old souls. And then my mom passed away four years ago. And I was like, life's too short. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm done working for corporations I don't care about and making the big bucks. You know how it goes, I'm sure. And so I called up Morgan and I was like, there's nobody I would rather do this project with. And it's an idea that wouldn't go away. Do you want it? And do do you want it? And she was like, hell yeah. So we basically, she came up to Sedona, Arizona, where I was living and stayed in the witch wagon, we call it my RV. And we launched this digital magazine for, for spirituality. And from there, it's just all been a wild ride, right, Morgan? And the rest is history. And yeah. as many things that are born um, are, uh, as many things that are born work, this was kind of born in the in the depths of a little bit of shadow situation for both of us. And um, I had just left a relationship. Arizona was kind of fluxing between where she wanted to be. And so we really just dove all into Spirit Guides and gave it gave it everything we had. And then, um, life took us in different directions after that. Arizona's in Spain now and I'm in Denver, but, um, we're still doing the damn thing. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how sometimes out of those big, deep, crazy life situations, they really turn into these, like, into a catalyst for us to grow and create and birth something new and and reinvent things and pull on old ideas. And I love, Arizona, that this was something for you that was kind of floating around there for so long. And I think what you said is something that I want everyone to pay really close attention to. It, it's an idea that wouldn't go away. Like, mm-hmm all had those things in our lives. And I feel like that's one of those things when you have that kind of persistent presence of one of those ideas or draws or something that you're feeling really called to, that's one of those things you almost know as part of your soul path. And you're absolutely right that sometimes life is too short to ignore those things that we're truly called to do and to you know, keep going about our daily grind when it's not making us happy. So props to both of you for totally making a go at this and putting your full energy into it because it's really turned into something pretty amazing. Thank you. You You know, and it's like playing on, playing on our title spirit guides. I mean, those ideas that don't leave your head, that is your spirit guides, your ancestors, your spirit team, whoever's guiding you that saying, Hey, this is the direction that is for you. And so, so thank you for picking up on that. I think that that's, that's something that I came to realize through this whole process was that the thing that, you know, there's a collective consciousness. We all have, you know, many ideas and sometimes the same ideas at the same time. That's how it works. But the ones that are really meant for us, that, that is our, that is our soul path. And for, I'm just so happy that Morgan and I listened because I was not listening for a long time. You know, I liked that paycheck. I liked that all of the things and, you know, and one thing I do in in my own work and writing is, you know, looking at death, it really shows you what life's about. And it's not about those things. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, right? When we get comfortable, like we have the paycheck, we're being supported. There's nothing really wrong, wrong with the way that we're living our lives. But if we're unfulfilled and we're not being true to ourselves and true to our spirit, it's really hard. Um, yeah. So 
Can you both tell us a little bit about what has Spirit Guides Magazine become today? What is it like now and how does it all work for people who are listening? Well, we started as a publication and now we're not really publishing articles. Um, We've really gone into Spirit Guides Radio podcasting and interviewing people and the Cosmic Collective. So we've gone more into education and giving people what they want, basically, (laughs) in terms of spiritual growth and development. So we've um, been publishing digital guides rather than public or rather than articles and digital courses too, which has been really, really fun for us. We've just done a couple series now and um, they're with people that we've been working with since the beginning, but it's really turned into more of um, a focus on education and bringing people together. And it's really fun too. And we just sold out our first international retreat, which is actually going to be where Arizona lives in Mallorca. So um, yeah, it's, it's taken quite the evolution, but that's what happens when you create something, it becomes its own entity and it it turns into really its own spirit and it has its own soul. It's like having a kid and you can't, you don't know what that kid's going to do. So um, we're just fortunate to be (laughs) mothering and nurturing this little baby together. And one of the cool things about the story of your business is that you really have kind of listened to your tribe. You have grown with them and you are really aware of what they want. And I feel like as online media keeps evolving and growing and changing, it's important as spiritual entrepreneurs and as, you know, heart-centered business owners to really kind of keep on the pulse with what our communities are looking for from us. And I think it's so savvy of you to have shifted more into that podcast realm, because obviously that's what a lot of people are looking for. Really easy to consume content. It sometimes feels a little bit overwhelming when we want to learn something new to sit down and, you know, read 10 articles in a row. But I can definitely speak from personal experience. I know I can easily listen to 10 podcasts in a row and that's not a problem. Yeah, they fly by. We really did just do less. (laughs) We're like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you know, but I think yeah. the important, the important point here is because it, it was a little bit hard. I mean, I'm, I have a background in magazine writing, so it was a little bit hard for me to shift into a different media and um, also just to stray from what we originally thought of in our head, but we do have an intuitively led business and are very, very early on people told us by their actions that they don't want products. They don't want long articles even if I, even if I want in depth, you know, um, investigative journalism, these our audience wants education, like Morgan said, and so we have in we have listened, and that is a big thing about our our membership group, the Cosmic Collective. I mean, we hold monthly live Zoom calls with practitioners, healers, spiritual mentors, teaching people how to deepen their strength or deepen and strengthen their connection to intuition or whatever it, the case may be. So that's, that's what people want. And, and it has changed our life as well, because turns out we need it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always say when we talk to our members and when we're having like community conversations that we're in this too, I mean, I cry almost every <laughs> Zoom session that we have just because we go so deep and I'm accessing a part of myself and I feel like I'm in a safe space. So it's not like we put this together because we have our shit together. So um, it really has been <laughs> eye-opening that that it's it's for us as much as it is for everybody else. And we're having so much fun with it. So like, if you're not having fun, then what are you doing? 
You know, I want to point out one thing Arizona said, which is that you have an intuitively led business. And I think this is something that so many people who are listening can really relate to, whether you have your own Reiki practice or you're an aromatherapist, a massage therapist, a crystal healer, um, a psychic or medium or card reader, whatever it is you do. If you listen to your intuition and you do the things that are really fulfilling for yourself. Um, and like you were saying, Morgan, this is something that you needed too, you know, and I feel like if we really listen to that in our businesses and we pay attention to that, we find, you know, it's like that saying your vibe attracts your tribe. So whatever it is that you need, chances are your tribe is looking for that same thing. And I just think it's really fantastic that you've done so much to connect with people. And that's one of the big things that you do in the Cosmic Collective. So this is a monthly membership. You also offer annual membership, but it's a really exciting place for people to get together and learn about a variety of spiritual based topics. So tell us a little bit about just like a couple of your favorite things that you've done so far in the collective. Ooh, I know there's so many. I mean, we have had we have had big names. We've had small names as far as teachers come in and they have all been exceptional and, uh, favorites. I don't know. Jeez. Or favorite topics. I won't make you pick favorite people, but favorite topics. (laughs) That's so difficult. I I love getting into numerology. That was cool for me. Like personally, (laughs) something a little different. I, I do. Yeah. Um, numerology was great there. We do. I mean, and this is the cool thing. It's like a buffet. It's like sizzler for spirituality. Like you can, <laughs> you get whatever you want, you know, a little bit of everything. Right. Oh no, down. you didn't. But for like, for me, my interest personally lies in um, mediumship and the afterlife and spirit communication. So we, we often have on, um, mediums doing live readings and then doing a little education on that. And people really like those ones. I really like that because that's the world that I work in personally um, as a speaker and writer. But I mean, we've literally had astrology, numerology, um, breath work, guided meditations, um, tapping. Angels. Yeah. Tapping angels. And Um, word on the street is we're going to have crystals coming up. (laughs) With yeah, we are Miss Ashley. So you know, it's it's a little bit of everything, and so yeah, it's hard to pick favorites. It is. I think that's pretty exciting, though, because it not only you know gives you an opportunity to sample a lot of different things if you don't know quite what you're interested in or where your true passions may lie in this world, but you know that you're kind of interested in some of these more metaphysical approaches to spiritual practice. It also allows you kind of a safe, comfortable space to connect with other people and explore those different things and maybe discover a new passion that you didn't even know that you had. Exactly. Totally. And the cool thing is we have everyone who is like from who's just starting out on their spiritual path and really doesn't know much about what they want. And then we have practitioners who are also members and have held sessions as well. So it's a really cool combination of schools of thought and, and different levels and where people are at on their spiritual journey. And it's just really great to see everyone helping each other as well. Like in our private Facebook group, we have the best conversations and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I'll just add that I think the one thing, you know, we do have people from all different age ranges, all different experience levels as members, as, you know, as part of this community, but everybody 
is devoted to education and is devoted to learning and embodying, not just intellectualizing, but embodying these things we're learning. So that's where everybody kind of overlaps. And it's really cool to see that form in a community. Yeah. And dudes, I want to toot our own horn on the fact that this isn't a community for women. Uh, (laughs) There's so many things that are just exclusively for women out there and this isn't it. Men need this kind of education and connection as well. And they want it. We have some rad dudes and it's really cool. I have just a personal curiosity based question, but like, what has this taught you about community building for our spiritually minded community? Because I mean, a lot of times I feel like at least what I hear from a lot of our students is that they didn't necessarily have a place where they felt like they really fit in. You know, with a lot of traditional religious paths, people have churches or synagogues or mosques, and they have places that they they can really go to find that community. And people with alternative spiritual belief paths sometimes have a hard time finding like-minded people, and they don't really know where to turn. And I'm just curious if you've gotten any feedback from people about that aspect and kind of what that's taught you about bringing people together in this way. Yeah, we have gotten a lot of feedback like that. A lot of people who join are like, I was raised really religious. I was as well. Um, And so there's kind of that dissociation and orphanism that you go through when you leave something that you were brought up in. But yeah, a lot of people have said that they, they do feel like this is their home and they found their place and they didn't feel like this before. In terms of your question of what we've learned by building this community, I would say we've really just created what we wish existed. And through that, we've attracted and given home to people who are just like us. Yeah. And I would just add to that. I agree with everything Morgan said, but what, what I've learned is that there's a lot of people out there like me, meaning spiritually a lone wolf. I was not raised religious. In fact, I was an atheist before I had my spiritual awakening. I, I've never known community and it is something that I have always craved. And now my, North Node is in Gemini, like I'm supposed to be this, like learn to be a part of community things. And it's not my specialty. Like I can be alone all day long and not have a problem with it. So for me, learning that I needed this too, and that there are so many other people out there that feel like they don't have a place, whether they were religious or whether they weren't before, it's really hard, like you said, to, to find that community. And especially if you're in a place that maybe it's harder to access. Like I know a lot of people in our group are in, you know, middle America where there's not as much of this going on. I'm in Spain. So there's a language barrier and also a lot of Catholicism. So, you know, it's really good that we can do this virtually. So yeah, I guess for me, the thing that I've really learned about it is how important community is. I can totally relate to that. I think I I definitely share a very similar story that feeling kind of always a little bit more on the outskirts, a little bit more of a loner. Um, in terms of my spiritual path, but also just my day-to-day life, I'm the same way. I could be by myself all day long and I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) Um, But it is really rewarding and fulfilling to have that community aspect and somewhere to turn. And one thing that it's kind of been making me think about is how much community can be part of self-care. And I know self-care is a big thing that you're both really big on. And I'm just wondering if you can tell us maybe a couple of your favorite self-care practices that help you personally as spiritual business owners that other people might be able to adopt. 
being alone. (laughs) I think that truly is really important. (laughs) Um, Although we've created a community, I think it's really, I need to be alone. I need to, to spend time that I'm not working alone, you know, like just free time. Um, for me, it's really journaling and, um, yeah, I think journaling is my number one and nature are the ways that I like reconnect and get rid of whatever's holding on and cleanse myself. And, and, um, probably family too is might sound strange. It's a really big self-care for me. My parents live in Denver too. So whenever I get to hang out with them, it's like an energetic reset for me. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I think we run basically a media company. We are constantly on, um, on phones, on computers, on devices. And so for me, um, it's really important to unplug into, and I'm really bad at it. Morgan can tell you this, but it's important. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it, it, but it is something that I'm learning on this journey. And that is one of my big self-care goals because I can, I I'm good at self-caring in, in various ways, but one of my goals that I'm working on is to unplug and to be more present around people in front of my face when I actually do have people in front of my face and I'm not alone. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think that unplugging aspect what do is I do really- with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, thanks for sharing that because I think that's something probably a lot of us can relate to as well. We've gotten so accustomed to our screens and this is not the first time this has come up on one of our podcasts, for sure. Like, this is something we probably all need to work at a little bit because they're ever more a part of our day-to-day lives. But setting aside that time, and even if we're not perfect at it, even if we're not good at it yet, just having the goal to get better all the time, I think is pretty cool. So thank you for, yeah, just really sharing that about yourself. Um, all right. I have to know, because this is your company is Spirit Guides Magazine. What are some ways, and this is, um, you know, big loaded question, but what are some ways that you like to connect with spirit? What are some ways that people listening can connect with spirit? And like kind of a secondary follow-up, does this always have to be like a big to-do or what are some things that are really simple and quick that anyone can kind of make five or 10 minutes for? Um, I will say, um, and again, I was an atheist, so this sounds funny, but prayer and meditation is what I do. Uh, shortcut connects me fast. You know, it's like the thing they say, prayer is asking and meditation is listening. Like that combo for me, throw in a little gratitude and like, I feel more connected to my spirit team than anything else that I do. Yeah, it's definitely the asking aspect and what you'll hear so many practitioners talk about when they're asked how to connect with spirit guides is you just ask, you have to ask for the connection to be made. And it's like, you don't get anything that you don't ask for. So um, yeah, I sit in meditation and I have visuals of my spirit guides. So I've just created these physical forms for them and um they live in certain places in my mind. So when I want to see one, I go to the right side. And when I want to see another, I go to the left and then I have two in the middle. So it's just really, I think, um, tapping into your imagination too and letting that run free and not questioning it and not thinking that you're making anything up and not feeling like it's silly because you're just in your head. No one's listening. It doesn't matter. You know, um, 
It's nothing to be embarrassed about. So imagination, I think, is a huge thing that we tend to forget about because we're not kids anymore, but um, we are really. (laughs) And um, our inner children need that imagination to run free. So yeah, asking in meditation and just sitting and seeing what happens. So to our listeners, I want you to pay really special attention to one super key thing Morgan just said, which is you don't get anything you don't ask for. And that is so true. And the way that we cultivate more and more of that receiving energy is to communicate what it is that we're looking for. But also going back to what Arizona said about keeping regular gratitude practice. This is such a fulfilling part of my own day personally. This is something that I do either first thing in the morning when I wake up or last thing right before I go to bed or some days both, (laughs) both times. But just naming off three things that I'm super grateful for that day it has made me such a happier, healthier person. And it's made me feel so much more connected to myself. So I'm so glad that that is something that you share as well. And and thanks for saying that. So, okay, circling back now, finally, um, I want to just touch back one more time on the Cosmic Collective, because this is a way that people can keep in touch with both of you each and every month. It's a really exciting place to be. So can you tell us just a little bit about exactly what people get when they join you for a membership? Yeah, we have live sessions nearly every week, actually. So we have between four to five practitioners a week that we hold sessions on Zoom, either a month, a month, (laughs) a month. We're not that crazy Um, that we have in a variety of topics. So it's going to be a workshop. It's going to be guided meditations. It's going to be experiential. You're going to learn something. You're going to feel something. You're probably going to cry along with me. Um, We also have giveaways each month that are exclusive to members and special discounts on practitioners offerings as well. So many of the practitioners that work with us create special offers for the members specifically. And tons of people always take advantage of that because they've just had an incredible session with our practitioners that they want more, you know? So, um, we also have a private Facebook group and discounts on our own digital guides and courses as well. Am I missing anything, Arizona? That seems like, uh, that's the big stuff. I mean, the big focus is our, is our live zoom sessions. Um, Mm -hmm. like Morgan said about four to five per month, um, with just really great, um, top of the line teachers and, um, and, and yes, and our giveaways. And I just want to share a proud, like mother moment, of you know, mother of the cosmic collective. Um, we, we just had our big, our last giveaway or we just did a giveaway for April and we gave away a spot to our retreat. And wow. that sounds like we're really generous, but we aren't, we are generous, but somebody, an anonymous donor who is in the collective purchased a spot to give to somebody else in the collective. Wow. So is a community of compassionate, giving, kind, spiritual people putting this into practice. That was such a proud moment for us to like mm-hmm. know that we created a space where somebody is going to give away a life-changing trip to somebody. Wow. So yes, we that is what the collective is all about. We do these educational programs, but people is what makes it. I mean, the mm-hmm. group is amazing. So it's not just a community. It's also the opportunity to get introduced to 
new practitioners and spiritual teachers pretty much each and every week throughout the month. So for like, like a little more than five bucks a week, people are getting this amazingly transformative training. Yeah. Well, and when you consider the cost of seeing a practitioner for an hour, it can run upwards of a hundred and $200, depending on who you see sometimes 1500, like it can be insane and you can gain access to incredible practitioners for, you know, the price of one organic salad. We always joke about (laughs) if you're in LA, seriously. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. And we also, one thing we do, we, we make sure that because we do so much education, we know people like readings too. And readings are really expensive, meaning it could be a mediumship reading, an angel reading, an intuitive reading, a numerology reading, whatever it is, they're expensive. So we make sure to put one of those in per month too, in a group setting, but people have gotten mediumship messages and messages like psychic messages from practitioners that have literally changed the course of their life. I've watched Mm -hmm. it in front yeah. of my, in front of my face. So that's a cool aspect too, you know. Usually like Morgan said, I mean, I've paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars for for readings like that. So it's really cool to 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 get it at a, at a less of a rate, you know. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, I've definitely paid tons and tons for readings and for, you know, um different like healing arts modalities and things like that. And one of the things I really love about this is not only do you get access to that, but it's really about self-empowerment for everybody who's attending. It's really about learning how to do this work for yourself on some level and incorporate that into your daily practice. So thank you both so much for sharing about your passion, about your creation, about what it is that you've done and built and shared with the world. I'm just so grateful and so honored that you've taken the time to be here and share a little bit about it with us today. Well, thank you for inviting us, Ashley. It's so fun to talk about ourselves because we're always on the other end of the mic. <laughs> and it's really fun to uh, switch roles for a little bit. So thank you for the invite. Yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. Your your podcast is awesome and I can't wait to be a regular subscriber. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you both here. And for all of you listening, please be sure to check out spiritguidesmagazine.com and also the Cosmic Collective. As always, there will be links on our blog at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. So thank you all for listening. And Morgan, Arizona, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that was absolutely incredible. And listening to it again was really exciting for me because there were definitely some key points that really stood out here. Um, for example, Arizona kind of touched on this idea of the soul path. And Arizona said, you know, we all have many ideas and sometimes the same ideas at the same time in our group. That's how it works. But the ones that are really meant for us, that is our soul path. And I just love that. And this kind of all ties back to that idea of intuition and inner guidance and really learning to follow that in your own life. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's interview, that it was inspirational and that you got a lot out of it. I'd love to know what you thought. So by all means, hop over to the blog at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. Find this interview and leave me a comment to let me know what you thought. Now I want to move into our trending this week segment. As you know, in this segment each week, I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm really loving and want to share with you. 
So in this week's Trending This Week segment, I want to touch on the mainstream crystal craze. So it seems like you can find healing crystals just about everywhere now. I've even seen little healing crystal necklaces at Target. And of course, one of the favorite haunts of some of my students lately is Home Goods. Home Goods, of course, is a big discount home merchandising store, but they've started to carry a lot of crystals. And I get asked all the time from students and listeners of the podcast and followers on Facebook if I can identify the crystals that they've found at their local home goods store and whether or not they are, in fact, authentic crystals. So this is pretty interesting that even at these big home merchandise stores, we can find crystals available. And here's the thing. Most of the pictures that I've seen are 100% authentic, genuine crystals. So I've seen amethyst cathedrals and selenite towers and big rough chunks of calcite, even giant celestite geodes. But I've also seen a few inauthentic crystals. I've seen a couple that were just plain man-made plastic chunks. Um, These have only really been on things like jewelry boxes and little decor items. And although they look like crystals, they're actually molded from plastic. So that was kind of interesting. But in my opinion, those were fairly obvious. The ones that might not be so obvious if you are new to crystals are the dyed crystals. So in a lot of rock shops and other stores, especially now some of these home goods types stores, you will see dyed agate bookends or dyed agate slices. This is very, very common. So if you see uh, agate crystal um, that's in a really bright color like teal, magenta, deep violet, purple, these are most likely dyed. And although the crystal itself is still natural, created in the earth, because it has been dyed or altered, that part of it is not natural. So if you're a purist like me, you like your crystals nice and natural, these would be one to avoid. But all the other crystals that I've seen, the amethysts, the celestites, the selenite towers, those have been genuine and not altered in any way. So it seems like some of these discount home stores may be a fun place to score some great big crystal clusters at a pretty reasonable price. Well, that's it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash listen. And while you're there, you can subscribe through that link as well. So you never miss a future episode. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Amberly Nicole, who left a five-star review. Amberly says, just what I needed. I'm beginning to learn and use crystals, so this episode was very informative and useful for a newbie like me. So excited for this journey and to learn more. So Amberly, thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. And if you decide to take just a minute to leave a review of your own, I'll give you my Crystal Chakra Healing Step-by-Step class as a free gift. So once you've posted your review, just take a screenshot of it and send it to me at support at loveandlighthealingschool.com. My team will get your class set up and we'll reply back with details about how you can get started with your free Crystal Chakra Healing class. 
That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.